Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up, everyone? This is an extra special episode of Kicked Back presented by Betway because we got the Footy Culture boys on the podcast today on the tube. And the Footy Culture is located in Toronto and for Everyone listening and tuning in, we just had this big conversation uh, offline, so I'm really excited because we've got so many people on this podcast right now that are cheer for different teams. So we have an AC Milan fan, a Juventus fan, two United fans, a Barcelona fan, I'm sorry, and, <laughs> and a Dortmund fan, which makes me very happy because I love Dortmund. So footy culture, welcome to the pod. I'm pumped to be doing this with you guys and tell everyone who's listening about yourselves and and how your day was no it's an absolute pleasure to be here thank you guys uh i'm jay and um we've always kind of been drawn to um 90th minute and kickback we love what you guys do so we're excited to have this conversation today let's do it i'm the ube fan i'm chris part of footy culture and uh yeah i'm excited for this one this one's gonna be fun what's going on guys james here uh dortmund fan wearing a barca kit good day good day <laughs> Wait, what happened there? Were you confused when you woke up this morning and got dressed? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, after the week that we had last week as being a Dortmund fan, I had to uh, throw on the classic Barca kit, vintage Kappa kit, and I went for the style today. Stoichkov. Yeah, but is, is pulling on a Barca kit really that nice? It's a no. nice jersey, but then you have to say it's Barcelona. I don't know. Yep. I will say, yeah. though, any Kappa kit, any OG Kappa kit, it, it like it's a smash. It's a check mark for me because I obviously I'm an AC Milan fan. Every anyone who listens to Kickback knows this, but back in the day, Roma's kits, I was contemplating getting one because I was just so obsessed with Kappa back in the day. So I understand the decision if Kappa is in the conversation. Beautiful kits, Kappa. Even yeah, every Kappa kit that you see out there is beautiful. Like I, I nothing against them. You guys tune into our show. You see, we're always wearing like vintage kits, '90s oh. kits, 2000s kits. So love it. That's something we really uh, look to sport on here. Love it, love it. And then we've got the producer of Kicked Back, Brett here. Brett, big United yeah. fan. Congrats yeah. on the win today. Thank you, thank you. I know it's because we were able to move on thanks to Barcelona, but yes, we're able to move on even further. So it's it's always a good day when United wins and. Well, Barcelona isn't, so. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's let's quickly talk about this. You guys, everyone weigh in on this conversation. Rashford scored the goal today for United, and I'm just going to pull up a Fabrizio Romano tweet. 27 goals, 9 assists, 
43 games with Manchester United this season. Youngest United player to score 25 goals in European competitions. This guy's obviously come out of the woodwork this season. Is he the most informed player in the world right now? And obviously he's in the conversation with a Holland. He's in the conversation with an Mbappe. You can add Osman in that conversation. I don't think we're giving, we're, we're not talking about him enough and even Sadia Ah. But considering what Rashford's doing right now and the jump from last season to this season, is he the most informed? What do you guys think? No. Oh, I got Victor Osiman. I don't know the exact mm. stats, but the the rate that he's scoring at GA is it's absolutely insane. Ever since he put on the mask, he's just <laughs> different, different, absolutely different. But uh, but yeah, you could what? you could obviously add even Cavada could be added to that. But yeah. yes, what? Why does he wear the mask? I, maybe I'm out of out of touch he here, but I. He did. He hey, up, uh, that does yeah, he went, an injury. Yeah, he went up for a header with uh, Screener. I believe it was last year or beginning of this year. I think it was last year. And I, I don't know. He hit his face on the back of Screener's head. And I guess it broke. And yeah, now we see uh, Osiman masks on cake. So yeah, yeah, he, he's the most informed, no doubt about it. Well, he has fifty goals. Yeah, fifty goals across all competitions for Napoli in ninety club appearances. Yeah, so this guy's yeah, and I just think because maybe he's in Serie A, and you know maybe hardcore Premier League fans and hardcore Bundesliga fans or just whatever the casual football fan would most likely watch the Premier League. You're not paying attention to what happens in Serie A, or you're not paying attention Mm -hmm. to a Napoli or an Inter or an AC Milan in the Champions League. But I under I completely understand why you'd give him a nod because he's incredible yeah i think uh napoli players are starting to get really like they're starting to get noticed because of these champions league performances they're killing every team everything they come up against it's not even close like they're just demolishing them frankfurt wasn't even a challenge they played their beat team against them last game and they still yeah i I personally have rashford i'm sorry i do have rashford and oh i will a hundred percent agree with osiman being one of the most exciting players, first of all, in the world to watch for some reason, too. Not for some reason, because he's obviously fantastic, but you just watch some of this where he gets on the pitch, and you're like, okay, he's going to do something. And the fact that he's sitting there next to Krivica Krivirodona is just makes it <laughs> so much slicker. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I agree. Uh, me personally, I love what I've been seeing from Cavada. I think the impact he's had on this Napoli side, you, you can't you can't put words to it. Like he's completely transformed the side. Um, he's made them into legit contenders in the Prem, Champions League, and I think without him, they're not making this much noise. That's a hot take. Okay, was from uh, or put on our social media. He put. Uh, is Kvirodona a potential in the future Ballon d'Or winner? Oh, that's tough because I feel like with Ballon d'Or performances, a you lot have to of play it for is Barcelona. Also... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, it's um, starting. It's starting. Also, I feel like I'm it's just also... kidding. It was a joke. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, it's not, it's not. I feel like it's also tied somewhat to national team performances of course and yeah he plays for georgia not the most popular nation and then maybe you could say modric who played for croatia but 
Croatia made it to the World Cup final that time. So I don't think he'll make enough noise internationally to get that Ballon d'Or show. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was exactly what I said too, is the international thing that it just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. And that, that was the other comparison was Modric, but like you said, that's Croatia is Croatia and Georgia is Georgia, right? I don't know. So, do you think uh, then maybe the way that the Ballon d'Or is given or the stipulations that are looked at with that may need to change because it would be so unfortunate if someone like Cavada didn't get a look just because he it's out of his control, you yeah. know, that if he plays for a country that may not be playing as much international football as, let's say, a Brazil, England. Uh, Argentina you know so that, that's tough because you even look at Holland he's in the same position with international yeah. football at the moment he missed out on the World Cup he just scored five goals in one Champions League game Pep took him off because he was afraid he was going to beat Messi's record so <laughs> <laughs> allegedly so I don't know I'm like I feel that that's me so tough because you know I feel like all these guys deserve a look yeah I completely agree you notice that like the odd time like obviously between like the uneven years like 2023 when there's no european competition they have a chance but yeah if there's something that could be changed i don't know what could be changed but to give these guys a better shot because they, they have no chance when there's a euro or world cup coming around or copa america like they have no chance exactly so with that with napoli we saw how let's be real it was absolute techers just watching them play it was just unbelievable what they did to frankfurt and you're sitting there going there's more teams down the line who they have to face that are obviously better than Frankfurt, but how are so many teams a going to catch up with, with Napoli, but is this kind of a theme with Italian clubs right now? I don't know. Like, I don't really <laughs> know what to say here, but uh, <laughs> that is very underrated, but I don't think they're too underrated. Like I hear a lot of people saying like they're the fifth best in the top five. No. They're not. I think they're better than the Bundesliga. I think they're better than La Liga, and I think they're better than Liga. La Liga is a two-team league, of course, like it usually is. Atletico's usually in there, but they're not that good. Liga, PSG, they can't play together. Uh, Bundesliga, Dortmund, and Bayern would be the two teams. And then and then, then there's the Prem. Obviously, it's tough to keep up with the Prem with the money that gets pumped into it. But with City, the way, the way Napoli's playing, I, they could actually make a push to win the whole thing. I think teams are very scared. And you can see Pep. Pep is starting his tactics against uh, Napoli, saying that they're the best team in the world. And mm. Spalletti had to, didn't take that take that very nicely. So, so yeah. I do think they're, they're, they're underrated, yeah. I think, I, think it's, I think it's tough because growing up, for me personally, Serie A was my number one league. And I'm pretty sure it was considered yeah. the top league. Like Serie A Sundays, like I didn't move from my couch because I watched every single game. Every single game was entertaining. And I know, Chris, you're a Juventino. And as much as yeah. I don't like Juve, this was a team <laughs> like Nedved, Del Piero, like, you know, yeah. uh, Buffon, different. you know, it was just like, yeah, it was different. And I think that's what Serie A is kind of still to this day being compared to, which is tough, right? Because th- those generation of players have retired and it's it Serie A kind of went through a little bit of a, I don't know what you want to call it, like a, tough rebuild I guess stretch yes you want to call it a rebuild sure you know teams cheat <laughs> Juventus and you know things happen and yeah these things happen so I think sometimes Serie A might be compared to what they were but 
I mean, the reality is Inter, Napoli, Milan, for the first time since 2006, we now have three Serie A teams in the quarterfinals of a Champions League. And I think that this will naturally bring more eyeballs back to Italian football. And, and that's really, that's an exciting picture for me personally, as an AC Milan fan and as a as a football fan that when I was younger, that's my, that was my top league. So it does deserve more respect. And I'm hoping that, you know, Napoli, you know what, this is, I'm going to say it right now. I hope Napoli wins the Champions League and I hope they win the Scudetto because they have the the absolute potential, ability, talent, skill set, you name it, team chemistry, players to just go and do something that no club's done before, especially for an, a, a club that's like Napoli. Completely agree. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, you go. You go. <laughs> I was going to completely uh, change the, uh, the complexion from where we were running here because I want to get to Dortmund because we do have the, sure. the Dortmund supporters sitting right next to you. Uh, there, you mentioned Bundesliga. There is an absolute race to the finish in the Bundesliga. I'll, I'll lay you the, the layup, I guess, right now. Who do you think will win it? And why? Don't be biased. Ah, well, I think if I'm talking with my heart, Dortmund are going to win it. Yeah, yeah. If I'm speaking with my head, Dortmund are going to win it. I think you know Ooh. Bayern are still going to be in the Champions League. They're going to have more games to to worry about. They do have probably, in my opinion, one of the deepest squads, if not the deepest squad in football. I mean, looking at some of the players they can bring off the bench, like in that Champions League game, they're bringing off players like Mane. Cancelo, Sane off the bench, which is insane. So why this is why Dorman's going to win? No, no, no. I'm just saying. Mine <laughs> are very strong team. But I think at the end of the day, we're only two points back right now. Yeah. And it's honestly, it's going to come down to that. Their classic at the beginning of April. Whoever wins that game is going to take the league. Because I think if Dorman lose that game, it's done. Like all your momentum that you've built in that unbeaten run to start the year is gone. You know, that 10-game winning streak doesn't matter if you drop points to Bayern. You can afford to tie that game as long as you win out the rest of the games. But in the form that Bayern's in right now, they really need to, you know, try to keep that form going that they had to start the year. Um, you know, they ran into some injury trouble the last two weeks. You know, players like Adiemi, Kobel, Brandt as well, who's had a fantastic 2023. Three of the best players got hurt the last two weeks. And I think that's why we've seen a little bit of a dip in form. But hopefully after the international break, all these players return and we can see, you know, quite the clash with two healthy teams at the top of the Bundesliga. And like I said, whoever takes that is winning the league. And for me, I'm going Dortmund. I say this every year. I get roasted every year by these guys. But this is the year that I'm not going to get roasted. He also said Barca was going to win Champions League. So I did I say that. But Oof. can't always be right. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> I mean, and to be fair, this has been a very unpredictable season of football. Like the headlines that we've gotten and the things that have happened. I mean, Arsenal just being kicked out of the Europa League by Sporting and just United being at the bottom of the table to now them being close to the top. I, everything has been wild. So it's it's I don't blame you for thinking Barcelona could go all the way and, you know, them being eliminated out of the Europa. It happens. But what I love about Dortmund is because uh, is, is their fans. You, I swear you guys are some of the most passionate fans. We saw that in the first leg against Chelsea uh, in the Champions League. And I personally had Dortmund beating Chelsea. I was like, this is a team with so much talent. Jude Bellingham was killing it before the World Cup in the Champions League in the Bundesliga. And I was like, all right, this guy's going to take take them, you know, past 
into the maybe I was hoping like into the quarterfinals, maybe the semifinals, but <sighs> couldn't get past Chelsea. Chelsea, I don't know, has found a little bit of a hot streak right now, but I'm sad for you because Dortmund's such a great team and I love the Bundesliga and I'm always rooting for German teams. Focus on the league now, you know? Yeah, exactly. But that's my question is what changed in the league? Like why, why is it Bayern? Is it the rest of the league is catching up? But what, what's, why is this, why are we having this race? It's obviously fantastic, but I'm sure Bayern supporters are going, ah, guys, like, wake up here. <laughs> and they have guys like Jao Cancelo. They brought in Sadio Mane. I mean, it seemed like they were going to continue with this role, but what, what's changed here? Yeah, I think, honestly, like, it's it's a couple of things. I think the league as a whole has, has gotten a lot stronger. Um, you know, I think teams like, you know, Freiburg and, and Leverkusen, Red Bull, obviously, Union Berlin this season have been a great story as well. They've all gotten stronger and they've been able to take points off Bayern at various points throughout the season. And I think the more teams that can take points off Bayern throughout the season are always going to make the league a little bit more competitive because, you know, before the, the World Cup break, Dortmund were six points back of fourth place. And now they find themselves two points back of top spot. Um, so I think it's a combination of the other teams getting stronger, but also Bayern kind of struggling to find their identity without that number nine of Lewandowski. Yeah. I think, you know, Chupo Moteng the last, you know, few months has kind of found some form, but obviously it's not really fair to compare someone like Chupo to, to Lewandowski. But I think now they're, they're starting to, you know, find their form. They're starting to find their gear. And I think since Nagelsmann switched to this, you know, back three formation, I think it's it's getting the most out of all their players. And I think that um, they're going to be a really tough team to stop in the Champions League, especially the way they just brushed yeah. aside PSG like it was nothing um, was, oh. was pretty scary. Um, but we'll see what happens. Do you guys think, just obviously we don't know Lewandowski, but would you assume that he sometimes before he goes to sleep is like, ah, should I have left Bayern when I did? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Obviously, he enjoyed like his most successful periods at Bayern, but obviously, what he was thinking and the reason he left Bayern, he realized I can't win the Ballon d'Or there. Like, mm-hmm. I had such a good chance, and the club wasn't big enough for me to win. So, I had to go to either Barca or Madrid. Madrid, I couldn't because Benzema was there. So, he chose Barca, and I'm pretty happy about it. And he's not going to win it there either. So (laughs) I'm so I get so frustrated with the with this conversation because I don't know how people can't look at Bayern and say that they're not a big club. Like they've won the Champions League. They've dominated the Bundesliga multiple times. Lewandowski is one of the best number nines in the world. So underrated, so underappreciated in the conversation. And it's just like, oh, why was and there was maybe one or two times, arguably two times where he was a little snubbed with the Ballon d'Or. So I feel for him because, yes, he went to Barcelona to get that recognition and he's been killing it in La Liga. But it's kind of like if Barcelona's not in that position to compete for a Champions League or at least a Europa League, this guy's in the last stretch of his career. Is he going to be able to get that Ballon d'Or? And that's what I wonder if he sometimes left up, left awake at night being like, should I have just stayed with Bayern who has a better chance of winning the Champions League than Barcelona does in maybe the next couple of years? I don't know. Oh, it's definitely a tough spot. Um, he wanted to go for that recognition. And as you said, he's getting older. So that window's closing. I feel like his best chance, I think, 
um, was that COVID year? I think it was 2020, yeah, 2021, mm-hmm. where he really, he honestly should have won it over Messi. It was his. It was um, his. I, I thought, I thought he should have won. You know, as as a Polish uh, man myself, I wanted him to win, even though um, I'm a Barca fan. But it's tough. He is getting a little older, but I think him staying at Bayern wouldn't have done much different because, like this current Ballon d'Or is Messi's, right? Because of the World Cup and and you look ahead now Mbappe is coming up uh, in the ranks you have a Haaland um you have so many other stars so i think he might have just missed his window which is unfortunate but that's football while we have a, a Barcelona fan in the hot seat talk to me because Barcelona you know in the media it's the back line hasn't allowed X amount of goals to be conceded. The goalkeepers constantly in the media, you know, we're, we're always hearing about how they're on the top of the table and X amount of points ahead of Real Madrid. But then when they're put into a position where they need to win games in the Champions League or most recently the Europa League, they're not able to secure a 90 minute performance where they're able to move on. And I mean, losing to United the way they did, I was tough on them because they were leading the game in both the first and second leg and they dropped the lead both times. And I'm like, this is a good team. It's not like we're looking at a Barcelona team that's not good. Like this team has the potential to win games like we've we've seen them in La Liga, but they're not able to convert that outside of their domestic league. So what's the problem with this team when they get outside of La Liga, where they can't find the same weight, like the same ability to win? Um, I would say it's two factors. On like a on a smaller picture basis, the, the when we got knocked out of the Champions League, ton of injuries. PK was still starting at that time. He's not even <laughs> at the club anymore. Um, I think Eric Garcia started that final game too. So it wasn't the back line you see now. And then you look at United, um, we were missing Dembele, we were missing Pedri, um, I believe we were missing Kunde as well. So a lot of injuries in that match. Um, but on a big picture scale, mentality. Um, Barca's been smashed a lot of times in the Champions League past couple of years um, to Bayern, most notably. And when you have a new coach, a new young coach, and when you also have a young core alongside that, um, it's hard to let go of that mentality because you need time to kind of build mm-hmm. that Champions League or around you like Madrid have with all their veterans. So I'd say those are the two biggest reasons why Barca haven't been able to do it in Europe. Injuries and no mentality. And I respect that. And it's so funny. People think, and this is not true, guys. I don't dislike Barcelona. Xavi was one of my favorite players growing up. All I used to do is watch Barcelona play. Uh, so I I don't dislike the club. I just am like, we need to... If I love that you just said the mentality needs to change. That's all I'm like. I look to hear for from some fans is like, okay, at some point the refs suck. But the refs suck in a lot of games, you know, Um injuries a lot of teams face injuries but there are some moments where you're like why is it not better than it should be and it comes down to mentality or consistency sometimes with Barcelona so I'm happy to hear that and I I actually root for Barcelona I would love to see them have a really strong Champions League run I really I really really do I really do I promise (laughs) I want I I want to see Gavi and Pedri uh maybe more than anyone see what they can do in the future because obviously the people that they're compared to in the past are prolific footballers Mm -hmm. so 
exactly. So I, I hope that your club has some success, but I'm, I'm happy to hear that you brought it down to a big picture of mentality as well. Yeah, of course. And I, I want Milan to do well, too. I don't know why this guy hates Barca so much. Because of you. I, I, I hate you as well. You're funny how that works, eh? I don't know what it is. Uh, you, you must be jealous. I don't know. I don't know. All, all I know is they complain about the refs in Europe. Because... Did you just hear me complain about the refs? No, no, I'm saying like a, a lot of Barca fans, they complain about refs usually. I didn't say anything in, in, about In refs. games that they lose, but I guess they just, the paycheck didn't get there in time, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's the international transfer <laughs> fee, you know? It's, yeah, it's... It, it takes a while. It takes a couple of days. Yeah, you I'm in, I, I'm in enough trouble with Barcelona fans, so I'm just going to say no comment, but you guys can go check out my videos if you really want to hear what I have to say about it. <laughs> yep, the referees are an interesting conversation. I was actually going to mention that, unfortunately. So I'm sorry you're not getting away with that without that conversation. Um, yeah. Is Frankie de Young going to be able to get paid next year? Like, realistically? <laughs> How about anybody? Gabby? And literally Gabby. anybody. Let's be real. Anybody. Let's, let's, let's We're in a little bit of shambles. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> the, 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 the tabloids, the media, they're putting us down. They're praying for our downfall. But... Our president, Laporta, he posted a photo on Twitter, basically sleeping on a hammock. He's like, sleep well, Barza fans. Everything's going to be good. So oh. I, I trust in my else. president. Yeah. So everything's going to be okay. De Jong's getting paid. Gavi's getting paid. I'm getting paid. It's all good. <laughs> everything's good at Barza. The refs are getting paid. The Federation's yeah. getting paid. Everyone's That's getting, getting paid too over here, James. He's getting paid too. I'm getting paid to be a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pay their fans nowadays. Nothing oh, says man. trustworthy like sleeping in a hammock. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see. Mm -hmm. I you you mentioned the international break a little earlier here, and we're getting to that international break. Let's get a little uh, more hyper local here. The Canadian men's team was uh, announced today for their uh, uh, friendlies coming up uh, in Toronto. Who do you think is the biggest snub for uh, uh, the Canadian men's national team? Who are you really looking forward to seeing potentially uh, get their maybe first cap or just get some playing time for, for Canada here? I mean, you always hear, like, especially on Twitter, Jebison, Jebison, we want Jebison. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I want him too, but I think he's still kind of deciding where his international future holds. Um I guess that could be a snub in a sense, but um, in terms of the squad overall, it's pretty standard. Nothing too unexpected mm -hmm. with what I saw. Um, I'm happy to see Kone in there, obviously, who's yeah. doing great things at Watford. Um, obviously, Alistair Johnston, who's been smashing it at Celtic. Um, excited to see how he performs with this new like European elite-level role. I'm pretty excited for that. Um, but besides that, did you guys any... Have any thoughts on the squad? Luca Petras, I can't talk. Petrasso should be there. No, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's our boys. I, I really, I really hope he makes that team one day. That'd be great to see. But uh, I don't have too too much on it. I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I, I just want to see some some more youthful players coming in. Mm. I know Borian's still on the squad, but we brought up uh, brought the guy from Brighton. I forgot his name. Sorry, McGill. from where? McGill. McGill, the goalie from from Brighton, they brought him in. So it's nice to see a couple new faces in the squad, but uh, I don't have I don't have too much to say about the the can squad. I don't mind it. 
I think for yeah, me, one at... of the players I would have liked to see was Sean Rea. I know he killed Ooh. it in the CPL last season. I know just got signed from Montreal. And I think he's just, you know, that kind of techie midfielder that we're, we're kind of missing a little bit, you know, creative, can play right down the center. And I think that was a player type that we were missing in the World Cup. So I'd love to see if he can start to get integrated uh, in the team. Because I think, you know, we need that kind of creative influence in the midfield because, you know, Davies can't do it by himself. Mm-hmm. Yep. I I love that you said that because that's how I felt kind of after watching Canada at the World Cup. It's like Estacio was so solid, kind of in that defensive midfield role. But it's we were missing that link that you you know just uh, an attacking center mid that's super creative and could also strike the ball, create you know thread the needle in that back line and and that would be a very interesting player to to see because that's definitely a link in my opinion. I completely agree with you that was missing for the Canadian team and maybe even someone in, in a number nine role. Like, I don't think we shot enough. I don't think we had, you know, enough quality, dangerous attempts on target. But I, again, I also think that that could have been filtered through an attacking center midfield. So we'll see. I'm excited for these games. I'm like, World Cup just finished. And here we are getting some more games for Canada. So this is like a dream for us in Canada to see the, our, both the women's and the men's team doing so well. Yeah. No, I, I'm super excited. Um, I say a lot on this show. The guys kind of roast me for it, but I live for <laughs> international break. Um, yeah. I love international footy as a whole. Um, a lot of times they say, oh, like it's because you're Brazilian. You're used to like good teams, good squads all the time. <laughs> but I'm excited. I love international break. I, I don't do care too. if it's friendlies, Nations League or a big tournament. I'm excited. I love Nations League too. I think it's so underrated. I watched the Nations League uh, like really closely this past year. Oh my goodness, I loved watching it. Um, I I wanted to bring up Io Akinola too with the national team. Yeah. Are you guys um, surprised or as surprised as I am seeing that name on there? Because there were we just talked about the potential snubs. I want to toss Mo Farzi out there as well. I watched him play for Cavalry, some CPL love there, but um. Yeah, do you think Ian Akinola, not, I don't want to say deserves a spot or didn't deserve a spot, but were you surprised seeing that, that name there? Uh, I mean, not to throw any hate on Akinola. He's a good player, Ooh. but I, I would say I was definitely surprised. Um, I could say even for someone on his team, maybe maybe a DeAndre Kerr in his spot or even a man who just got transferred uh, to Rosenberg, maybe a Jaden Nelson in the mix, right? Um. Those are kind of people that maybe I could see more influence in his position. So in terms of a surprise, I would definitely say I was pretty surprised to see that inclusion. Uh, to me, I feel like before Io's uh, injury, he uh, when he was playing for starting for TFC, I don't know, he, he showed that he had a lot of talent. And I remember because he used to play. He's my brother's age. He played. I seen him at a young age. He was always like one of the best players in the field, no matter what. And I know what he could bring to it to a team and I, I really do think he deserves a spot I know he hasn't yeah he, he hasn't got that form back yet mm-hmm. but I do think if he gets a couple of appearances in the Canada squad why not try him out and the, the, that was the thing too his old I remember when he was first coming into the national team or, or the talk conversations of him coming into the national team too and his play around then was just fantastic and then yeah. all the eyes started to to go oh okay who's this Akinola kid and and then I think that was kind of where people go. Oh, where where was all this hype coming from? You know. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. No, yeah. I, I remember you... those times because we kind of stole him from the U.S. team. They made yeah. like a big announcement uh, on TV, like Akinola signs for Canada. So I remember a lot of the hype at that time. And I think he has all the tools, but I'm hoping he could bring some good form to Canada. So we'll see if he does well. I'm rooting for him. You guys know who um, I was rooting for hard and who I was really impressed with at the World Cup. Uh, are you TFC fans? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're TFC fans. <laughs> Richie Larea. Oh, yes. yes. I think Richie Larea, even when he kind of first had his stint with TFC, I was so impressed with him. I remember my dad and I have season tickets. So we were at the game and I'm like, this guy's so good. And then I remember when Canada obviously got into qualifications and all that. I'm like, Richie Larea needs more time because he's just such a fast threat so such a good player and then also he just brings that like mentality like we saw him a couple times body a couple players and uh, I don't know I was yeah I just I'm just so impressed by him so I love to always see him succeed and I don't know why he popped into my head but his his journey into football is crazy if you guys haven't um, heard it or whatever it's worth a read but he's just He's such a good player, and I think a type of player that every team needs, just a really hardworking, fast-paced, will-grind-it-out type of guy. And then also, I just think he's a guy that if someone messes with you, he has your back. Do you know what oh. I mean? Yeah, he's just like yeah. no. right there. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Oh, I thought you were disagreeing for a second. No, no, 100%. No, I... Could you... It's okay if you don't agree, by all means. No, you don't I have to agree. agree I love Richie. I had the opportunity to speak with Richie Um nice a few months ago because i met up with him to do um he was on another podcast and yeah his story's amazing um yeah from when he was kind of exiled at orlando pretty much didn't have a shot almost out of the league he came yep. to tfc and just found like new life so versatile too um and i wish the nottingham thing uh worked out a little better technically he's still on the books so i'm hoping that maybe he could continue to kind of develop and see what he could do. But yeah, that's the kind of player you hate to play against him, but you love him on exactly. your team. Yeah. Love him. Mm-hmm. Perfectly agree. said. Yeah. Fully agree with that sentiment. I, I remember, uh, I forget what it was for specifically, but I remember Alfonso Davies speaking specifically about uh, uh, Richie and him saying just like, he was one of his favorite teammates because, like you said, he would he's going to be the first person in there. And we saw that against uh, – who was that? Uh, oh, my goodness. I can't even remember who that beautiful goal from Fonzie was. Basically, I kind of attribute that game to the flip in the switch for Canadians and uh, uh, the Canadian men's national team. But and that was the game in Toronto. But there was that big brawl in the corner in the in the uh, uh, right before that. Sorry? No. No, maybe it was. No, I was thinking maybe it, it was, was against States. States. I don't think so, though. No, it was it, it was against a Latin team. I forget who it was, but uh, oh, yeah, the game no, where yeah. Davies scored the goal, El Salvador, maybe. Yes, El yeah. Salvador. That's who it was. Thank you so much. I was gonna lose sleep over that. Uh, <laughs> but yes, it, I I feel like that was the turning point because you got that real compadre type feel or, or camaraderie type feel with that team, and that was led by. Richie Larea, Alfonso Davies, you saw Tayshawn get in there mm-hmm. too. And I think that little core of players 
really branches out to the rest of the team for for uh, the national team there too. I just I, I love every single part of what Richie Labrea brings to the the national team, and what I think it also brings too is you remember his edge that he had at the World Cup. We all talked yep. about that too, but mm-hmm. like that fed down to not only Richie Larea, but remember when Daniil Henry hammered uh, Luka Modric? Modric went to go yes. get into his face and he shoved him back down. A legend of the game. And you're sitting there as a Canadian going, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. That's a, it's a, yeah, literally. Like, no. I think that's such a cool 100%. mentality we have. No, I was actually at that game against El Salvador that you mentioned. And 100%, that was the switch that kind of flicked. Um, I think I think we won that game 4-1. And mm-hmm. it was the game that everyone really saw what Canada could do. And you saw it in the World Cup. It's like a brotherhood. They're willing to mm-hmm. fight for one another. Kamal Miller's getting up in Modric's face, looking down on him like, who are you? I don't care. You're a Ballon d'Or winner. Stuff like that. So... um. When you don't have the most talented side in the game or in a tournament, if you have that edge and the camaraderie and the ability to fight with and for your teammates no matter what, I think I think when you have that, there's no telling what kind of uh, movements you can make. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Fully agree. Uh, I'm so excited for this Canadian team. Obviously, Everyone would have liked to see them get a point at the World Cup and obviously get out of the group, but we got our first ever World Cup goal by Fonzie and he scored the fastest World Cup goal, which is awesome for him. But you got to hope that by 2026 and everything that's going to be happening in Canada, the U.S. and Mexico, that this team and obviously everything that they know that they need to develop and this core group that they have. I think we we have a 
a pretty good picture going into 2026 of a team that could get out of a group stage. And we talk about Alfonso Davies a lot. In my opinion, he's the best left back in the world. Like what he's done in that Champions League is that that second leg, the first and second leg, it blew my mind that he didn't start in the first leg. I could not believe it. Comes onto the field, assists a goal. And then the second leg, he was incredible. Like he's just found another level. And, you know, I don't know. I just think that he's going to be that instrumental piece for Canada. And I even think Tejan Buchanan is unreal, you know, doesn't get enough recognition for what he does. Estacchio, you know, we can go down the list, but this is a Canadian team, which is now being roped into Copa America games that I think that they're going to get experience under their belt, different kind of competitions and oppositions that when we're into 2026, man, I think Canada and the U S are going to be two teams that a lot of people are going to be watching and surprised about. No, I'm excited. I feel like Canada, they always kind of proclaim that like 2022 was to be like a stepping stone for 2026. Like we weren't even supposed to make Qatar 2022. Like we got awarded 2026 and it's like, that'll be our first world cup since 86, but they ended up making 2022. And I think it was a good like warm up. you know, you got the legs moving, got the experience under their belt a little bit. So I think that was a good positive to take from it. Um, like you said, Tejan, I think super underrated. I remember yeah. when he first started turning up, like obviously not the same level, but I was like, this guy's like his style, like his face of dribbling. It's like he's moving like a young Cristiano Ronaldo. Like he's doing the <laughs> step overs. Like uh-huh. I always said that, obviously not level wise, but he's so exciting to watch. And I, I think he's a great shout, but I'm surprised you said, Davies is the best left back when you have Teo Hernandez on your club team. (laughs) I know AC Milan fans hate me for that, but the way I see Alfonso Davies is just, he's so athletic and he's so versatile. And you talk about a player you would never want to play against. I would never want Alfonso Davies dribbling at me with speed um, ever. Ever. Like, I I think about a player that could keep up with an Mbappe, and I think it's Davies. And I think the more that he's in these Champions League competitions and now with Canada hopefully playing against, you know, Brazil, he's only going to get better. But there's just something about Davies that puts him in that number one spot for me that with his athleticism and his skill, he can't. I don't think anyone's better than him right now in his position. And he's the most humble guy. He'd probably never admit that. He's just like the cool, all of it together. Just looking at Alfonso, I'm like, man, I'd, I'd want to be his friend. Like, he's just cool. <laughs> no, I, I agree. In terms of left backs, he's definitely up there. And I remember when he first got transferred to Bayern, he was originally like a right winger, right? And yeah. I remember I got mad at Bayern for putting him to left back as soon as he got there. I'm like, you guys are wasting his abilities. Like this guy's a he's a he's a winger at heart. It's his natural position, but then he ended up being the best left back in the world. Crazy. You know what's interesting too? You bring up. Uh, sorry, I want to kind of shift again to to Tayshawn Buchanan because talking about that position, he is getting intro or interest, not introduction. I was going to say introduction for some reason, but interest. In the, the right-back position, he's been playing there for uh, uh, Club Rouge right now, and uh, Inter Milan is sitting there going, mm, if Dumfries goes, I kind of like this kid. That's a, a big boots to fill 
for uh, Tayshawn Buchanan, B, doing it in a brand new position relatively, but C, why I bring that up is now you have Alfonso Davies who plays left back or left wing back, you can almost say, for for, uh, uh, Bayern and his club team, but then he comes to Canada and he plays as a forward. Tayshawn Buchanan, who as well is playing as a a, a right wing back or right back for, for Club Bruges right now, he comes to Canada. He's also playing a, a forward position. Uh, how how do you guys kind of feel around that in that type of situation here with the the changing of the guard or changing of positions when you get to to uh, different regimes? I guess almost. Yeah, I think you can look at it in two ways. I think like one, it's great because it shows how versatile these players are. You know, mm-hmm. from being able to going and playing wing back for your club to going and being you know, the most attacking threat on your national team shows how versatile they are and it shows how truly talented they are. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, if they were truly limited to playing as, let's say, a right wing or a left wing, maybe they wouldn't have the opportunities to be playing for some of these big clubs and having that development. Um, you know, if Davies wasn't able to adjust into being a left back at Bayern, who knows how long he would have been in Europe, right? So mm, I think yeah. it's great that these players are able to make these adjustments to, you know, hold their own and, and, you know, play with the big boys and play with these European clubs, play in Champions League, play in Europa League, play in, like, you know, the top club competitions in the world. Uh, And I think it's great for our players. But at the same time, it also can be tricky because you need to kind of shift your mindset when you're going to play for that national team. And, and, you know, maybe you're not used to playing in those same areas of, of the field because you aren't playing there week in, week out. Whereas some of these players are playing right wing week in, week out for the national teams. They're going back to their club teams. They're doing the exact same thing. So I think, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. In some ways, it's great because you can see the versatility. But, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit tricky because you're not getting the experience in that same position week in, week out. So perhaps it can be hard to, you know, reach your maximum potential in one position. I think when they go over to the national team, like someone like Buchanan and Davies, because they play a more defensive role on their club, they get that much more motivated to go play for the, the Canada team because they're playing in their natural position. I feel like if I was put as a left back in my club team and then in my actual position, the, the country, I'm going to play that much better because I want to prove myself and keep playing there. But yeah, that's all I want to say. <laughs> no. Yeah. I can't imagine. Like <laughs> I was a holding center mid. And if you put me anywhere else, I mean, hold, I started as an attacking mid and then I got put back into a holding mid role. And if you had to put me anywhere else, I would never have been able to do it. So these players who are, able to be versatile like that hats off to them because I can't imagine how difficult that is and I don't think that that's necessarily talked enough about because there are so many things you know that you guys alluded to like you're playing with your club for so long and then you got to go to international duties and that's a different manager different squad you know different Mm -hmm. home like there's all these different characteristics that a player would have to get used to and then if you're out of your natural position of course you're going to want to perform for your country or your club either way got to be tough because i don't know the first person that comes to my mind is Kamavinga at the world cup didn't he have like one game where they put him mm-hmm. uh left at left back or right back yeah yeah i i I, back, yeah. I started to sweat when i watched that because i'm like oh my god he's a holding min and if that happened to me i'd actually be the worst player in all of the sport i would get cooked every single play <laughs> Every single play. So I don't know. And Kamavinga didn't do that bad in that position. So I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. these good these guys are really good. Like you gotta give them a lot of credit. Yeah. Uh players these days are just like different level. Like they they know how I feel like they come they grow up knowing how to play every position. They they don't really have a set position until they get to a certain age. 
And then at that certain age, obviously you, you figure out what, what their best position is. And I feel like a lot of young players coming up that they're versatile. Cause you could see like Alistair Johnson too. He's not a center back. He plays center back for us. Yes. Like there's a, there's well, a lot of players on our team that could play so many positions. It's crazy. But mm-hmm. I feel like just, it's just going to keep getting more players. Are just keep getting more versatile as it goes. I love that you just gave Alistair Johnson a nod for that because I talked to him not too long ago and he was at Wake Forest. He was a, he was a holding center mid, a defensive center mid. And then now obviously for the national team, he's in the back line, but it's funny when you watch him play, you can tell that he has that like center mid football IQ. Like he'll send a perfectly Mm -hmm. lofted ball over the top or he'll slot a ball through. And I'm like, he's so he's even better at his position in the back line because he's able to see that from his center midfield days and it's just what makes him another it brings him to another level i mean one game at the world cup after belgium celtic was like we want that guy i mean think about that think about how his life changed from one game and he deserves a a great nod i think that was a great uh, example of of versatility and and a guy who possesses those qualities we talked about it a little bit off cam but i thought an interesting question um how would Napoli do in the Premier League? What do you guys think? Ooh. Ooh. That's a good question. For I, I'm sitting, I'm trying to compare them to the top six. And the first thing for me, I right now I'd say they're a hundred percent better than Tottenham. For sure, better than, maybe, than Chelsea. Maybe. Well, hmm, ah. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say they're uh, well, obviously better than Liverpool. I yeah. think they would. I honestly would consistently be in European places. They would probably take a top six spot of of one of those teams. I guess you know how Leicester has been a top six, and now they're fighting for relegation right now. I think they would end up taking that spot. Wow! Personally, they'd win the prem. <laughs> really? I'm just I'm just trying to stir the pot. But oh I think God. that I think that they would absolutely compete. I think it's a really really good squad. Yeah. No, do you think in my opinion, I think I think they do do good. Look, yeah, man, you want Ostiman, Napoli's best player. So that's a Premier League level player who they're hoping to take them to the title. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Man City want Cavada, the top team in the league. So if Napoli have two of these guys who would be considered top players in the Premier League, who's telling why they can't do amazing, right? And then they have a lot of other good players too, like. Everyone's saying Kim is the best center back in the world this season. Why can't he hold up a great defense in the Prem? And then you have Zielinski, who a great Polish footballer, by the way. Fantastic player. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think they could do amazing. They have a great squad, and they have two superstar level players. You know who really impressed me uh, more, like specifically in the uh, second leg of that uh, Frankfurt match was uh, Politano. Uh, he was just mm-hmm. all over the pitch, and it was so, <laughs> great service. Found every I, 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 another one of those players, Anguisa as well. Like you could go down that list of fantastic yeah. players. And again, you mentioned Kim and Jay. Watching him play, he had that rush in, in uh, the second half. He was looking like I don't even know. He looked like Holland. 
<laughs> he was sitting there <laughs> he was himself. Big lad. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden just missed too like it was a good little run i think they're a they have that talent but b i think they're really well coached too so i think that oh, goes very well it. yes but he's underrated i feel like uh yeah they're they're the transfer windows has been crazy these past the, the summer one because to bring in all these players after getting rid of like what your three top players, Mertens, Insigne, Kulibali, that's mm-hmm. absolutely insane. And I would yep. say that that they're probably one of the most, uh, they probably have one of the, the most deep squads in the world, due to Spalletti's tactics, because yeah, players like Juan Jesus playing yesterday, solid. He's a he's a reject from Inter and uh, Roma. You got Endon Belly <laughs> getting his uh, league uniform back, reject from Tottenham. <laughs> You got you got and you got obviously players like Cavada plays in plays in the Georgian league and Russian league. Kim and Jay, well, he was actually a top player in Turkey, but just like a bunch of rejects on this team that just now have a deep squad. And I do think they would make top three in wow in the, in the Prem. Wow. Do you think they're so then that I guess that kind of goes into my question of do you think their play style fits into the Premier League? I do. I, yeah. I, they're a very high press oriented team, and I think that fits perfect in the prem because it's all pace and power, and hmm. high press would kills that. I really like that. I, I love it. I, I love those new teams coming up out of nowhere. Brett's having nightmares of that potentially one day happening, and United <laughs> losing losing their spot. Ten <laughs> hog, okay, we're fine. I'll cut my hair if it means we'll we'll win. It's okay. I'll go bald. <laughs> My goodness. Okay, I, I have I have a I have another quick question, and this will kind of reference you as a United fan. Let's Uh-oh. say if City were to win the Champions League, would that make Manchester officially blue from now uh, on? No, 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 absolutely <laughs> not. They have to because they have to, it's it's kind of like a pedigree thing, and it's like the big brother and little brother, you know, it's the, the little brother is getting older and they're, they're getting to that point. But did the big but, brother just like stop growing for 10 years? Like what happened? Yeah. <laughs> okay. you Listen, I'm five foot six. There's no wrong thing with hitting a, a stunt in your growth. Okay. First of all, fair, second fair. of all, true, yeah. true. but it's also the fact that this, the, where they stunted their growth was like seven foot six, maybe. You know, you you still got a big, big player, the big, big brother, I guess, the the little brother in uh, Manchester City. But you still have to, you still got to grow. But uh, that that's the first step, I think. Not the first step because they've obviously been dominating the prem. But just you start getting the, it's starting to go purple. (laughs) Purple. I think the best. I I hear a lot. I hear a lot from United fans that City, Oil Club, they spent all this money to become elite, get good. But then you see Man United's transfer spending over the decade. It's I think it's pretty up there. So what's the problem? And, yeah, <laughs> why, and why, why, why are they letting the, the big brother get all the vitamins, eat all the vegetables to get so much uh, <laughs> bigger than him? Yeah, that's a good point. I like that. <laughs> I stumped did, you, see? Did... <laughs> Did you guys um, hear what Pep had to say about Julia Roberts? <laughs> I think the barometer, the barometer of if United is red or if Manchester is red or blue is if wherever Julia Roberts go, because he says for him, one of the most 
like iconic moments almost more than winning a Champions League would be if Julia Roberts came to Manchester City to like watch a game because he has three idols. And I forget who the first two were, but the third one was Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts? And she came to <laughs> she she came to Manchester and she only went to to Old Trafford. And she was seen there taking photographs and like having the time of her life. But she never went over to the city side. Like she never went to go check out city. So he was like, um, she's my idol. And why has she never came here? So he was like, even more than winning the Champions League would be getting Julia Roberts in a city fan, in, in a city crazy. jersey and becoming a fan. I think a lot of that's just Pep's charisma. He loves the propaganda <laughs> and the media. Um I don't know. I don't know. I just hope he's uh, one of his idols aren't Kim Kardashian because like he might oh be God. really gutted after saying that. Got the curse. Yes. Is, do you guys believe in the curse? The the Kardashian curse? What? We saw it today. It... <laughs> yeah. Kim was at the Arsenal game and now Arsenal are not in, in Europe anymore. Yeah. Done. Kim K and Drake got to be together so they cancel each other out. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Something like that. When, when I saw that um, Barcelona was wearing... I don't know, Drake's, OVO? What, what's Drake's, yeah, yeah the OVO, OVO symbol on their jersey in, in the El Clasico, I'm like, it's done. It's done before it even starts. <laughs> and that's no disrespect to Drake. I love Drake, <laughs> but the I wish if I could talk to Drake, I'll be like, man, do you believe in the curse that you're like the poster boy of? Because it's wild. You almost got to respect it, though. <laughs> I, I love, I love it. And it, I get, I, I actually believe it and I read into it. <laughs> yeah, the Raptors won. I believe it. The Raptors, I think the Raptors winning was kind of like, ah, okay, maybe not. But now since then, I don't know. I, I didn't even know there was a Kardashian one. Yeah, I think that that's what everyone's writing, Kardashian curse. It's because alliteration. <laughs> one last thing. Did Casemiro deserve a red card Ooh. in his last game? <laughs> the United fan behind the scenes? <laughs> what do you say? What do you say? It's okay. I'm, I'm just going to say he didn't deserve that. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I'm getting torched online for saying that he didn't deserve it. But Brett and I were saying, and I'm not a United fan. Like, honestly, I just, if I feel a certain way, I say it. Um, and I was just like, I don't know. I just a little, like, a yellow? Absolutely. Tell Casemiro to calm down, chill out a little, you know, warning, dangerous, sure. But a red card, I'm like, to Brett, 20 years ago, we saw way worse uh, and that wasn't even one of Casemiro's worst challenges that I've seen him do. So no, I don't for know. Sure. I'd have to say, I'd have to say one thing is obviously VAR makes everything seem a lot harsher and a lot more, I guess, worse in a way. And again, like Casemiro is obviously put into those positions because of the teammates he has. And obviously in the position that he's in, he has to kind of go into those hard tackles, especially playing in the premier league. Um, cause obviously now what, this is a second red card. In yes. just one season, and he hasn't gotten a straight red card at all playing for, for Real Madrid, yes. which is ridiculous in his whole career. Yeah, I, I know, so I know. Two red cards in your first season at, at Man U is, has something to say because obviously the Premier League is a lot more aggressive, a lot more challenging, a lot more quicker pace than it is compared to the La Liga. And it's just unfortunate because obviously we saw he got to the ball first. Obviously, there's more of like that, that lead up to that tackle, which obviously he, I guess his foot really slipped against the ball and hit his, the player's leg. But Again, in that same in that same game, you saw one of the players fall down and got a handball with the ball as well. And obviously, Novar was given to a penalty us there, right? So if, if you're gonna if you're gonna give a player a red card for slipping off a ball and causing a, a hard tackle, 
then why not give a player a penalty if they're going to slip and, you know, touch the ball, the hand? So I guess they were both in a way. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was a penalty either, but again, if you're going to call one, call the other. If you're not going to call it, then... And you know what? It's four games now. Four games is a lot, especially if we're going to be competing in the FA Cup now, which mm-hmm. is, you know, it's going to be one of the next tournaments you want to hopefully, you know, reach further for and hopefully even get the trophy for that game as well. But luckily enough, he isn't going to be missing any Europa League games, which obviously is going to look good if we get a nice draw for tomorrow. But again, I don't think the league is going to be that tough for us because obviously we're not really looking for making top. We're not going to look to win the league right now. Stay but top four. Top four looks looks likely, but as long as we can compete in the FA Cup and hopefully not miss Casimiro too much in the next next matches, um, then that's kind of a little bit worrying. That's all. But four I games understand. is a lot. Four games is a lot. If if maybe they come and you know talk about it and bring it down to two, because in a way it was kind of like a, a it was a it was a hard call, but four games is a lot. Four games is a lot. Yeah. No, there's two teams out there. There's two teams, right? And and sometimes it feels like there isn't. And that and, and that's a real shame though. Is either sometimes you're sitting out there and you're not just playing your opponent, you're also playing the officials, you know? You all of a sudden have two oh, two oppositions, right? You know you have there's that's not how football is supposed to be. That's not how sports supposed to be. All these people who are paying their hard-earned hard-earned money to be in the stadium, all these people who are tuning in, if you're from around the world, you're sitting there with all these different subscriptions that you've already had to go out there and 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 pay for. And the face that we're seeing the entire time is Anthony Taylor's or the 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 referees. Like it's it's just that's not what it's the sport is here to do. So I think it's it's such a shame just in general when you get the ref show. Yeah, and I feel like especially in the Premier League, the refs love to put on a show. Like they think they're the star. <laughs> Ooh, that's a nice conspiracy theory. The refs want to be the main character. No, I th- I think um I think it was leaked. I can't tell you the exact like footballer and ref, but like a ref like went up to a, a footballer and he's like, oh, like it's my game, like it, like it's my rules, it's my show, like you do what I say. Like these are the kind of conversations they're having on the pitch. Imagine what all the refs are talking about. Like it's crazy. I I, I think maybe it is a good conspiracy. It's probably Howard. Conspiracy Webb. FC. Funny how we know all the Premier League ref- referees' names. Well, I'll agree with you, United fans here. I think what makes Casemiro special is his mentality. Especially, I can't. I'm. It's later where you guys are in Toronto. This is already getting late for me. I'm 32. It's early for you guys. Guys, I'm 32 going on 95. My brain stops working at 7 p.m. But it's um, what makes Casemiro special is his mentality. Like I would never want him to lose that. And we've seen him have obviously crazy challenges in La Liga. But I. I think he needs to be more careful. He needs to be smart because obviously he's in a position now where he's not going to get away with it in the Prem. needs to be a little more careful because this is a guy that United need. He's been the most instrumental player for them. But man, like in in United's game against Barcelona, when he kind of big-dogged Gavi and kind of alphaed him and looked at him, I'm like, I love this about Casemiro. I never want him to lose that. And I never want him to start doing, stop doing hard tackles. But it is a shame because I think that that was a harsh red card. And four games to be suspended, four games? Are you kidding me? You'd think that he like full on tackled him like American football style. (laughs) Like that's crazy to me. I don't don't think Casemiro is really reactive in a way where he kind of gets frustrated in play as much as other players do. I think honestly, Mm -hmm. just for him, 
getting those, you know, one or two bad tackles in, it kind of just hurts them, right? Because you don't expect, yeah. you didn't expect much of those calls being called back in the day. And, you know, obviously the Premier League is a lot much harder, a lot much quicker. So it's tough. It's tough. As a United fan, it's, it's tough to, you know, really see a player like that missing so many games because he obviously is the key part of that team and it it shows from the first day he arrived but as a united fan you guys must be so happy because from the bottom of the table to the top like holy crap what you got what ten hog has (laughs) done with with this team it's not normal i was i was at the game when they when united faced uh city at the etihad when they lost six three oh my god four nothing in the first half i was there (laughs) i was there i was there when so you saw casemiro and ronaldo on the bench yeah, I, I was there. I missed Ronaldo twice because it's two United games. He didn't show up. He didn't uh, play both games, but watching them lose 6-3 was probably the hardest in my life because I actually went, flew out, and watched them play. <laughs> Obviously, they're facing one of the best city sides, and honestly, the way they 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 turn things around so quickly, you know, it's, it's obviously impressive because obviously at the beginning of the season, everyone's saying 10-hack this, 10-hack that. It's just going to be another manager coming in and out. But I think the United move with uh, Ronaldo kind of stepping back and, you know, Casimiro being like the headline of the squad really changed things up. But, no, it's looking good. Looking good. The uh, – oh, man. Ten Hag has really brought in something special to that team. But I think that turning point in the year or for the season for United was that second half. We won that second half, baby. We won that second half. But after that, I would say, like – United was a totally different team all of a sudden after that. The the team the game that really turned it for me it was the game against Tottenham. I was at the I was, I was at that game as well. That was a Ronaldo's last game I think at Old Trafford where he but he didn't even end up playing because I think the um, he Ten Hag off. wanted to put him on the last two minutes and he ended up walking out of the stadium. Oh yeah, that that you game that when game? I watched it, I was at that game. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, when I watched that game live, I was like, wow, this is the turning point because they played like they because comparing them to when they played uh, at the city. And I think I missed one of the Champions League games and then they played at, uh, at Old Trafford against Spurs. That that game literally literally changed it up. Like when when that, that was like, the turning point, that was the turning point of the season what, against Spurs. What were what were United fans in the stands saying when Ronaldo walked off? Ooh. And they didn't we didn't notice it. We didn't notice it at first. Honestly, I didn't think he was going to play at all. Cause I don't, I don't remember really seeing him kind of warming. I, he was warming up, but I didn't really see him kind of get ready to change to come onto the pitch. I think it was literally him saying no to Ten Hag, and I think he went to the change room early, which is like I think it was really late in the game. It was like 90th minute extra time, yeah. so I thought he was kind of going back, changing, you know, kind of getting shit together. But I think after the game, everyone started realizing like he had left the the stadium. I think it was like, yeah, that's the end of it. That's the end of it. Wow, guys, and the drama. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see him play, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry for you. That's crazy. And mm. I will never ever say anything bad about Ronaldo. So I'm gonna leave no, it. No, he's still he's still my goat. He's still my goat. Same. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm so glad because I never know which United fan I'm which kind of United fan I'm talking to, but okay, we're all in the safe space. It's harsh, it's harsh, oh. it's harsh. <laughs> yeah. the, situation was, the situation he was put into, but he's my goat, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Well, we're all gonna get along just fine. So uh <laughs> we'll wrap up this episode. But if you guys ever want to do another episode if it's more on the footy culture side kicked back whatever uh you guys we, we got to do this again so thank you for your time because we've been on here for over an hour so we appreciate you guys but yeah this has been great and thanks for everyone who listened and watched 
Yeah, no problem. No, thanks, thank, for... thanks so much. It was a lot of fun. And yeah, anytime you guys want to do this again, we're in. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.